Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. <laughs> yes, we want you to have fun with functional programming and closure. So what's on your mind? Is there anything blocking you? Is there anything uh, that is impacting your ability to enjoy uh, being a developer? Uh, so head on over and we would like to talk to you. Yes, we'd love to help you level up your functional programming superpowers in so much as we can share our experience and advice. And a great way to talk to us is to tweet at us at Closure Design, to email us feedback at closuredesign.club, or to have a more interactive conversation, hop into the Closurian Slack channel, Closure Design Podcast. We'd love to see you there and chat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, uh, let's start with this episode. I want to say to everyone out there, uh, Happy New Year uh, to all, Happy all, New of those, Year. <laughs> all of those of you that, um, that follow the Gregorian calendar. Um, I know that is not everyone, so <laughs> Happy New Year yes. to those that do. Yes, well, welcome to a uh, new year of Gregorian calendar. <laughs> yes. Let's not talk about time APIs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, please. At least not 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 as the main topic. Uh, so this is the this is this year is, is twenty twenty. Um, it's going to be the year that we all have absolute perfect vision um, and uh, and perfect hindsight. That's right. It's the year of perfect hindsight. <laughs> the year when hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we we thought we'd, we'd start off this year uh, by looking back at last year. Twenty nineteen is now in the books. It is now done. We we can't go back and relive any part of it. So we thought we would, uh, you know, just uh, you know, banter through the year and and talk about what our favorite parts of the of the podcast were. Yeah, it turns out we make 52 of these every year, and uh, even even we are surprised when we look back at what we recorded before. Oh, yeah, we talked about that thing <laughs> back then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so maybe, depending on how long you've listened to this podcast, um, maybe you'd be curious uh, what we've talked about before, and we, we would like to highlight some of our favorite, our favorite uh, thoughts, moments, whatever, from, from the last year, reflections. Yes. Well, it's kind of hard to believe. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before before we started recording. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that the the Rebel series. Remember the Rebel series? It the seems Rebel. like it was so long ago, but it was just in the last year. Yes, and, we uh, we believe in embracing the Rebel and connecting the Rebel and then fiddling with the Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've only fiddled more and more. That that stands as being one of our most popular set of episodes. It has stood the test of time, aside from, of course, the very first episode, which always seems to get a lot of downloads. <laughs> but um, that, and I, I'm fond of that series because it really, like, it's near and dear to me. It's it's how we get work done on a day to day basis, and really our our like discovery, like my own discovery of the REPL and its utility really took programming to another level for me and and so like those episodes episode 11 12 and 13 and 14 are um actually 12 through 14 that those really kind of journal like like chronicle my thinking process and how it changed 
Yeah, and I think I think for me as being a, a hobbyist of closure, I kind of understood the idea of the connected editor before um, I, I came to use it professionally. But but being really being able to unlock uh, and and keep the the like the the fiddle the fiddle flow as we've as we have fiddling with the REPL um, in that episode, like it really uh, like catapulted my productivity. Um, you know, it, it, it was fast enough already using the REPL, uh, but then fiddling really enabled me to go a lot faster. And so I think, I think those are good, really good, really good episodes to look back on and try and listen to. Yeah. If you, you haven't already caught the REPL bug and you're wondering what all the buzz is about. Yeah. Go listen to those episodes. Maybe, maybe you'll hear something that gets you intrigued. Yeah. Let's see. After that, we did the time, the time tracking series, um, and that was speaking of talking about the uh, Gregorian calendar and, and and modifying time and stuff. That was a series <laughs> where we really dove into the um, into the uh, you know how how you actually uh, parse apart time and 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 use it in in a in a meaningful way. Uh, but also, I really liked the fact that it was it was a lot about um, about data. You know, you know. A lot of times we talk in closure about us being a data-oriented language, and and one of the things we like doing the most is taking something and, and moving it into data as quick as possible, because then we can use all of the all of the the core uh, tooling on it. And um, and I liked in that in that series how we how we we took a, a base level of data that was very granular, and then we we did, we we showed how you can keep summarizing it into higher and higher levels, and how operating each of those levels you can answer different questions. Um, I thought that was really useful. Yeah, for me, that that series, uh, the time tracking series, is really about those two things. I think you summarized it well. One is the perils of time math. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you haven't been through that yet, yes, definitely uh, go listen to that series. Uh, wh- believe it or not, one of my favorite titles: when eight minus one equals six. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it represents uh, so much of the pain we as developers experience in times, but also how closure lets us build up abstractions. And, and I, that's really where we got to talk about building out the vocabulary. I remember when I was early, early days in functional programming, and, and I heard this whole concept of building up the vocabulary of the solution. And it just sounded kind of esoteric, you know, it's like something an academic would say in their ivory tower at a conference (laughs) or something. Totally. And and so in that series, we really talk about what that means and why you as a developer want to do that and how to do that. And it's not so esoteric. It's very pragmatic. And uh, it's just a great way to go about uh, dealing with these data problems. Yeah, one of the things about about programming that I that I I've, I've learned more and more over the years is that you take you you what you really want to do is you want to build up your language to to the level of your problem instead of having to dumb your problem down to the level of the language, and and closure because closure in closure core is basically a collection of verbs, and so what you can u- do is you can use those verbs to create higher level verbs that you can use to speak in the language of your problem, and then you can solve your problem that much better and it's that much easier to understand when you come back to it. Yeah. And then kind of us related to that building up, um, we got into this a little in that series and this may have been the first time in our podcast, we really dove in depth, but we really sort of beat the drum on immutability versus mutation. 
And so if you think about like building up your solution vocabulary, every time you have an impure function or a function that mutates in that tower, it's like a weak brick, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and it could fail you at any time. And, and so it gets difficult to build up solutions that stand the test of time with these sort of the immutable <laughs> bricks, you know, in the tower. And so, so we really talk about like pushing IO to the edges too. So a lot of really neat concepts at, at a high level and really getting work done in functional programming in the, in that series. <laughs> you know what I call mutable bricks? Sand. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. When, when the brick mutates, it's not good. <laughs> it's not um, good. <laughs> so, so, but, but lots of times you do have to have mutation. I mean, you know, you, you, you want to get something done, you know, you want to affect the world, you need to mutate the world. And I think that that really plays nicely into the the next series where we talked about it's the the Twitter poster series as I, I'd like to call it. Um, yes, where, the poster child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, you know, we we wanted to actually, you know, model posting to Twitter, and 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 the problem is that the logic for doing that was was fraught with IO and side effects and reaching out to the Twitter API, which is just a whole bag of side effects. And, and so it's like, how, how, how can we take all of those side effects and, and put them in their corner, put them to the side so that we could actually reason about our logic. And so I, I really, yeah. it, it, I really like the way that we, we took it apart. We kind of had this, this, uh, this, we, we go, what do we call it? The TikTok architecture <laughs> or the back yeah, and forth. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the TikTok was sort of the do pure logic and figure out what your next action is and then and then you take that action which involves some kind of effect on the world, some kind of command or mutation, you know, and then and then that has some kind of result and then you you look at the outcome of that result, your your attempt to manipulate that mutable world around you and then figure out what the next step should be. And uh, and it's just a pattern that evolves. You know, it's like logic I/O, logic I/O. Sometimes you'll hear it called that. Uh, but we we dove into that idea and and kind of trying to make it practical. Because if you're in your ivory tower and you can't actually affect the world in any way, well, then programs aren't real useful, right? <laughs> <laughs> a program with I/O is without I/O is called um, I don't know quantum computing. <laughs> I think it's called warming Something. your. Uh... Warming your 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 room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just say if there's, there's no I/O. There's not much to see. <laughs> so right. so really, the challenge is we we went really deep into building up the solution out of pure things in the previous series, but then you know listener questions and and our own reflection made us realize like a lot of what we do involves mutating the world. So how do these come together? You know, how do you push the I.O. to the edges? How, how do you stitch them together without everything uh, falling apart and building towers of mutable bricks, right? Yeah, and I can actually report a little bit that uh, we, we've actually used that pattern um, uh, several times in like our actual, you know, day job, so to speak. And, um, and I, I found that it is a pattern that really holds up well. It's not just a, a good idea or just something that was good for something to talk about on the podcast. Um, it actually really, uh, it really helps make it so that there's code that you can understand, but then also you can go back to and, and add to later. So, 
A, a fun little tangent that came out in that series, which I want to highlight just because it's maybe not obvious at a high level, is we talked about oper- like data you do logic on, but then we talked about what, what we like to call forensic data. And that's data that you collect to make sense of what the heck happened after the fact. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And really, really treating those as separate concerns, but also equally important concerns if you have to ever... I don't know, live with being in production as part of your day job <laughs> and and just how kind of how to go about that. Like like you shouldn't try to use the forensic data for logic. You shouldn't try to use the logic stuff for forensics per se. So so if you're curious about that whole line of thinking, go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, that was um, a really good it, part. Yeah, starts at ep- episode 21 and runs through episode 27. Yeah, so then um, speaking of forensic data, uh, which often ends up in log files. <laughs> yes, um, right. I, 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 that reminds me of the, the, the series after that, which is the uh, donut logs uh, series, where we. Uh, oh, we yeah, lots of lot donut about, puns. If, yes. if you're a fan of donuts and donut puns, <laughs> then, <laughs> then just, just hit pause right now <laughs> and just go ahead and start with episode 28. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because we have all the donut puns you can handle. <laughs> and if we missed any, please let us know. We would like to collect more. Um, but yes. <laughs> let's see. What, what are we talking about? Oh, we, we, it's where we talked about having lots of data and, and lots of data and how, how we could pi- might possibly handle that in a lazy way. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of how we ended up toward the end of it. But it's really like, how do you you how do you parse data and build it up again? Like we we, we, we kind of echoed back to the time tracking series where we, you know, we kind of you're processing a file line by line and you're trying to build up data and trying to understand that. Uh, but then what happens when you need to have more than one line? We have to to combine lines in order to take to understand where you are. And and I really liked how yeah. how how we. W- w- how we got to a part where we could we could we could like reach ahead in the sequence of of lines as far as we needed to go, and then we could rewind and and, and produce you know some bit of information from that. Right. So that series definitely was where we tried to touch on laziness and why you need to be lazy when dealing with big data sets, and and get into that. So if you haven't had an opportunity to dive into that, you can go back to that series and listen to it. But we also talked about pattern recognition. And and one of the reasons why Closure, we think Closure is wonderful for DevOps, even though people often reach for Python or other such things, is because of the ability to, in, in just such a straightforward way, process through a whole stream of information, find patterns, um, look ahead, look back, things like that. Yeah, definitely, and I think uh, I don't know if we talked about it in that in that series, but it kind of pairs with the the REPL series is to the being able to 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 process uh, you know operational data like logs or databases and that kind of thing in the REPL is a really powerful way of of getting insights um, about you know what is either happening in your program or happened, um, and so I think I don't know if we talked about it in that, in that series, but I think it's a really powerful uh, reason to use closure for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like like processing those forensic artifacts. So since we brought yeah. up that whole like forensic data stream in the previous series, we we riffed on that. And and so if you take your fiddle workflow that we talked about way back in the REPL episode and combined it with this, yeah, you can sift through vast amounts of information and and find 
uh, things worth knowing, you know, like why did it crash or what does the data look like or what were the things that I forgot about? <laughs> the, <laughs> right. The other thing that we raised in this series uh, that had come up a number of times before, but I think we really riffed on it in this series, is talking about thinking about maps as bags of dimensions as opposed to records, right? So if you think of maps as being like an open set of key value pairs as opposed to maps being like another name for records that, you know, or classes or objects. something like that. Objects. Right. And the idea of, of having really descriptive key names that have namespaces in them and, and, and values. And really it kind of gives you the entity attribute value kind of paradigm. So we really kind of dove into that in that series too. Yeah. Yeah, just to tag on that a little bit, just to be, when you when you add more more data to a map, you can you you can use a, diff, a different namespace, and you can talk more about what that entity is, what that and, and and more dimensions about that without having to impact the existing data. It's a it's a wonderful like it, it's it's in it's it's extensibility without without harming the the the, the base object, so to speak. Yeah, and so so we avoid nesting in our maps generally because we do that, and then we have these lazy sequences. So we have these rich maps that we can move through data in a lazy way and build up even richer maps. And so there's a I felt like there was a lot of um, conceptual connectedness between this series and the time tracking series. Um, they they had a lot in common. I think one was logs of time, one is logs of well applications. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. Well, then after that, <clears throat> we went into the summer. And we decided <laughs> let's let's it's summer. <laughs> yes, let's change it we, up. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah. I, and so we really started off the summer with um, some advocacy. I would call them like advocacy episodes. These are questions that we just hear over and over and over. And we had never just addressed them on the nose in the podcast. So why do you recommend closure? What advice would you give to someone getting started with closure? How do I convince my coworkers to use closure? Why use closure over another functional language, right? It's all about like why closure is awesome. And so so maybe maybe you could listen to that and resonate with those answers. Maybe you're curious about closure and and you want to know uh, those those episodes are for you. Yeah, definitely. It was it was really fun to be able to take them, just the the take it from so to speak a different angle, uh, a different you know, cut across and and really talk about why we like why we like closure and what our experience is and and what how what we we would recommend um, to to people when they're when they are advocating closure because obviously we love advocating closure we we enjoy it uh, as uh, uh, all the time and so we want more people to to experience it you know if you're not going to stick around that's fine but I, it's worth worth trying it out um and uh and then and then after that we we got kind of more into like more topical like um you know what what are techniques that we like to use? What are some of the big questions around getting started with things? And so, um, like the episodes were, uh, was it using to, uh, line? What was it? <laughs> I forget. Oh what yeah, the should were. I use line boot or tools So aside, like if you're convinced to use closure already in the first place, uh, one one of the big questions that comes up really early on is just how, how am I supposed to run <laughs> run this stuff, build this stuff, you know? 
And so obviously Leinigan has its uh, seat on the throne because it came around very early. But then Boot came out with its own take, and then Tools Depths came out with its own take. So so we just heard a lot of that, so we decided to do an episode just on that. And it turned out to be a very, very popular episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was actually one of our top down it's a, our top downloaded episode for the year. It's a it's a very resonant that you know that people want to know how how they can actually get started in, into closure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, worth listening to if you haven't already. And then we start talking about data. So the next couple episodes focus on like immutability and being data oriented that really, I think, go hand in hand. Um, and immutability is one of those things that I remember prior to really getting into functional programming sounded very uh, esoteric. Well, and then and then I started thinking about how it actually get anything done. And then it sounded like difficult. Uh, and, and it was kind of nice to have an episode where we could just go through the reasons why immutability is a big deal, <laughs> you know, and, and then how that changes the orientation of your, your program to be more focused on data and less on, you know, the behavior of these like, like OO type protocols. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Why? Well, yeah. Well, you, you, you focus more on transformations than on behavior. Yeah. It's quite a it's 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 a fundamental change, but once you change, then it's like it's like everything becomes it's it's the the grass really is greener on the other side. Yeah, yeah, and so it takes it. It really goes back to its core. So one of the points that we've raised a couple of times is immutability really demands functional programming, uh, because if you can't change any data uh, in place, then your only choice is to transform it into new data. Right. And so now if you need to visit every element in the list and produce a new, like you can't visit every element in the list and change it in place. You have to visit every element in the list and produce a new list. Right. So now you have to now you have to have an encapsulated piece of behavior that you can take to every element in the list. So technically you could do this with a function object in OO. Right. But boy, a function object just sounds like a fancy name for a function, which it is. It's a. So being able to take a function and apply it to every element in the list would produce a new list, right? So immutability really does push you in that direction of functional programming uh, also. So so understanding why it's useful is, yeah. a, is a great way to start. And then understanding how it gets done is also worth listening to. Yeah. Yeah. So I was the, the, those those questions were questions that we had heard or we'd struggle with ourselves but then the, the more we had these question episodes the more the community the people that have the, the listeners um thank you to your to, to our listeners uh the first time i'm thanking you with this episode it won't be the last um but we we really had a lot of people um pop into our closure and slack channel and ask us specific questions or or talk about problems that they had and so we would extract questions out of that so the next several episodes were really they kind of jump around a little bit but they're really driven by our listeners and and we and we really enjoyed talking about those so that's like uh, what is faking a resource what's different about the closures REPL um, why have derived fields and data when I can just calculate them um, you know, oh, this yeah. So one one of the, <laughs> we had we had a lot of fun with the when is closure not the right tool for the job. That was a that was a really fun episode trying to yeah uh, trying to talk about all. <laughs> it's it's always fun to take something you love and try to uh, look look at it from an outsider's point of view and go when when is this thing that I love really not 
the thing <laughs> you should be using, you know, because yeah, not absolutely. everything does all the things perfectly in all the ways, right? So, so it was, it was a lot of fun to look at closure and see when closure really maybe isn't the best fit for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, the episode after that, I, w- I wanted to pause, and the, the one after that, which is what is nil punning, and um, I, I remember that episode had a decent amount of punnage. Um, uh, but <laughs> but one of the things that was really fun about that one is not only we we talk about nil punning and why it was so special in closure, uh, we actually uh, Eric Norman actually had a post or did a um, a podcast episode as a response to that, and it was really fun to see um, him. Uh, respond to our episode uh, so that to get kind of a back and forth going yeah yeah you can hear the kind of our take on it and then you can hear his take on it and so you get you get some different angles on the same thing because nil punning is foundational to closure and lisp in general but especially in closure and really really getting a feel for nil punning and using nil punning helps a lot in in your code it helps make it concise um and it's fun and so definitely recommend listening to our episode, which is episode 47, and then listening to Eric's episode, which I believe we linked to um, in the show notes. Man, speaking of show notes, we're going to have a massive show notes <laughs> for this episode, linking to all these things we're talking about. Um, we Well, we do also have links on our website, closuredesign.club, to each episode, <laughs> which has <laughs> links to all of the things already. But yes, we'll try to collect collect some of them into the show notes for this episode for you too. Yep. Um, one one of my favorite like mini episodes there was episode forty seven. Help! How do I fix my REPL? So I love this episode because it presumes that the REPL is kind of like the core of your working experience already, and then you run into these cases where your REPL like gets stuck <laughs> or crashes or or you know you you have to restart. Um, so, so definitely like I, I got totally bought into the rebel workflow and then ran into cases where I had to restart and then all of a sudden it felt painful. Yes. Pain on top of pain. Uh, yet another episode that was inspired by one of our listeners. And, uh, and there's a lot of uh, talks talking in there about our, uh, about our experience on our pain. And then, um, uh, but, but then how we could avoid, uh, that in the future, how we could get back on track. Uh. Back, back right. to the fast REPL workflow. <laughs> right. And so then we go into our word, word, word <laughs> episodes. Nowntober. <laughs> Nowntober. <laughs> hey, is... you OO people, you have your kingdom of the nouns. Well, we have our episodes of the nouns. <laughs> our month of the nouns, yes. <laughs> month of the nouns. Keywords, keywords, keywords. Parentheses, parentheses, parentheses. Maps, maps, maps. Functions, functions, functions. I think we look at, in, in these episodes, we really look at um, some of the core choices <laughs> that were made in the design of closure and why they really matter. And, and a lot of these also separate closure aside from the parentheses, of course, uh, uh, from other lisps and other languages. So really it, it's a conceptual treatment of some bedrock parts of closure in the Nowntober episodes. Yeah, it's really funny because we kind of stumbled into that series. We didn't. I don't. I don't feel like we really like. We really 
from the beginning, we're like, we need to have a series on 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 nouns in in closure. Um, but we kind of we did one, and then we did, we we had so much fun focusing on these these like zeroing in on these concepts and how they apply across the language um, that we just continued. It was it was really fun to pick, and 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 I think I mean I I liked each one of them, but I think by far my favorite episode. Probably, I would have to say my favorite episode of the entire year was 52, uh, Functions, Functions, Functions. Uh, not only because it was our 52nd, so a celebration of our yes. one-year anniversary from when we one launched. One year. Was <laughs> but, but it was talking about functions, and, and we, you know, we, we use them all the time. So, of course, they're, they're, they're the critical building block. And, and so it was just a lot right. of fun. That episode was, was really special to me. Even if you live in a language such as Haskell that doesn't have uh, nearly as many beautiful parentheses to give you a hug and make you feel <laughs> warm and secure, you still have functions in functional programming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're, kind of a, they're kind of a big deal. Uh, and if you are um, wondering how somebody could talk about keywords for an entire episode, then waste no time and go listen to episode 49. <laughs> you might be surprised because we were too. I think we actually ran out of time. Yeah, it's it's amazing how useful keywords are. That's that's uh, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just uh, serialize that on down. <laughs> oh, wait, that's our next episode. We talked about the perils and woes of serialization, uh, oh, which man. which really come from some hard hard one experience. Um, things things that go wrong when you try to write your data out and read it back in again. <laughs> What could go wrong? Yeah, it should it should be relatively straightforward, but but we talk for a whole episode about about just the the, the cliffs and the and the the times we run our head into the wall and and um and and the, the language sorry the data formats that have come to be useful um and those that are uh, useful but uh, slightly slower. Let's just let's just leave it at that. Yes, very 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 nice in terms of expressivity, but maybe not as performant. And then we, we take a look at trees and sets. Now, Clojure doesn't have a tree type per se. You just nest maps. But then, like in functional programming, you end up with tree structures a lot. And, and just kind of dealing with that and some, some libraries for, for manipulating trees. And that came directly from questions that we had received in the Clojure and Slack channel, which you can join, by the way. It's Clojure Design Dash Podcast. And then sets, you know, uh, we didn't talk about sets in our Nowntober, so poor sets. <laughs> we, we needed to come back and give them fair treatment, right? Keywords got treatment, functions, and maps. And, of course, lists get treatment every episode, so. <laughs> the always ever-present, yes. Yes, ever-present. Yeah, then we, then we, then we, 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 we tackled a, a topic in episode 56 that, that, is something that will cause every every closurian to to jump in their say in their seat, and that's complexity. Um, we <laughs> we uh, it actually came from a, a listener question also, and and we we really talked about like why 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 do people in closure talk about complexity so much? Actually, they talk about simplicity so much, which is I guess the anti-complexity, and and you know why 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 we want to avoid it why we try to avoid it and and how closure helps us do those things yeah uh it, episode 56 is is definitely one of my favorites the complexity really is the killer in long term projects and mm. closure is the best tool that i have ever had for managing that in time but it doesn't it doesn't come for free you still have to choose simplicity 
But at least Clojure lets you opt in to complexity most of the time. Um, Definitely, uh, we cannot have a recap episode without mentioning a recap episode because that's very (laughs) meta. (laughs) So I would like to recap that we recapped the conch (laughs) in episode 57. If you want to hear our uh, hot takes on the conch, um, you can go get it there. There we uh, reduce out our... Uh, best moments from the conch. Yeah, it was it was it was really fun. It, it was my first time. I think it was your first time too, Christoph. Right? I've been to Closure West, uh, which has uh, a different feel. And of course, it, Closure West doesn't run anymore, but it has a little bit different feel than the main conch. Uh, but definitely, yeah, my first time at the at the big one. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. I, it's my first time being at a, at a conference in a long time, and so just meeting everyone and going to the talks and everything, it was just it was a really fantastic experience. I would recommend it to anyone who who has the means and is is close by next uh, November or whenever it is. <laughs> yes, and as a very appropriate ending to the year, we focused on reducing, <laughs> right? Distilling out data, reduce reducers, transducers our series on transducers, we, we've gotten a number of questions, basically almost as long as we've been doing this podcast, people have been asking about transducers. Oh, yeah, totally. And we just kept putting it off. Yeah, we figured there's there's more low-hanging fruit to focus on. Transducers uh, are hard to talk about, too. And so we had a lot of fun with our December series on transducers, reducers, and all that. We hope uh, you have heard that already. If not, you can go check it out and ha- enjoyed that. Yeah, I think it was one of our of one of our meatiest series. Um, the ones we had in the past were very practical, and this one was we kind of got into more of the the theory and the and the like the the nuts and bolts of of this. Um, and so it w- it was really fun to 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 really expand into what what transducers are and, and what what they were built on uh, and then how we might use them. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so it's fun to take a, a look at a, a really interesting part of closure. It feels new even though it's a number of years old now, but I just don't see them in the wild as much. So it's fun to focus on that. And All we're right. looking forward to a new year, a new year of podcast too. Yes, enough of the past. And we're looking forward to, to, to speaking at you uh, on a weekly basis. We, we have a number of topics that have been suggested to us uh, in our Closure Design podcast channel. Uh, we have a lot of things that we want to talk about. Um, yeah, definitely. Please reach yeah. out if you if you have anything. If you're curious uh, as to what is coming up on our agenda, come come hop in the Closure Design uh, podcast channel over in the Closure and Slack and be a part of the conversation as we start uh, blocking out our topics for this here year, 2020, as we uh, develop our perfect vision, <laughs> right, for the year yes. to come. Our, our web of discussions are, <laughs> we will get yes. those soon and probably post them later. Right. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> HTTP puns. <laughs> oh, yes. So much. Oh, yes. Yes. So we, we definitely, we always love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach us at Closure Design. You can email us at feedback at closuredesign.club. And uh, clearly our Closure Design dash podcast channel. Also, you can go to the web at closuredesign.club and get all the notes all the notes for all the things there and all the links. Yes. That's our, we will have, our, our hub of we, information. 
we will have lots of show notes and, and everything links to everything. So you can definitely spend a while uh, uh, navigating around, around closuredesign.club. So I think that's enough for, for, for 2019 and looking forward to 2020. We'll be back next week with the start of a new topic. And uh, so until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>